Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Morning. After that uh, presentation, even a live baby Jesus—that was uh, man. That was that's amazing. I don't know how you follow that whole thing. That was amazing. Everybody doing well? Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's, it's upon us. It's kind of crazy. Good to see you. Welcome to all those online and all those folks coming in to, uh, for the season, back with us. Um, welcome. Uh, just a little side note, on that video, if you're not getting our emails, just encourage you to fill out a, a little card, put your email on it during the seat back in front of you, um, so you can get those emails and get the, uh, the special Christmas video that will be coming out um, on Christmas morning. So uh, you'll look forward to that. Um, uh, let's see, I thought, oh, we have a, don't we have a, a little baby announcement here with all the others? There is little Emily. Little Everly, it's Craig and Tammy's new baby. I can't keep up with all the babies. I called, uh, I called Eddie, you know, who most of you, you know, he's a great plumber, I think. And, and I'm talking to him yesterday, or no, it was Saturday morning, and Eddie goes, uh, well, yeah, I'll come check that out. And, you know, our heater went out, and uh, he's like, well, I'm in the hospital. We just had our baby last night. And I'm like... I think you better stay there and take care of them. So I, it's amazing, but um, pretty exciting. Can't keep up with it all, as you can see up here on stage. But uh, yeah, congratulations, Craig and Tammy. What a beautiful little girl, Everly May. I like that name. That's awesome. So um, yes, the growing. And, and just, folks, just a, a huge thank you. Um, I'm telling you, they are knocking it out downstairs uh, in a big way. If you haven't gone down there just to see what they have going, all the resources and everything else, I mean, Alyssa and Elaine and Wendy, um, along with Chris down there, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And uh, that's a huge, huge blessing for you as a, as, a, as a church family here to know that we have some folks who are downstairs. Most people say, what, there's a downstairs and there's an upstairs? And yeah, venture around a little bit. It's where the real life is down there, that's for sure. But they, if you see them, just... Uh, just encourage them. Um, the hours they put in, it's just it's pretty powerful what's, what's going on and what they're doing. All right, with that said, um, we have been in a series in 1 John. If you're just joining us, um, we're going through 1 John and the 2 John and 3 John. We'll finish up at the end of uh, January. And uh, we come to probably some of the greatest language about love uh, in all of Scripture, maybe besides 1 Corinthians 13. Um, this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, or there's a Bible in the seat in front of you, if you want to follow along, we're in 1 John. It's all the way to the back of the Bible. Um, 1 John, we'll be in chapter 4, starting verse 7 this morning. I want to talk this morning um, about this idea of how do we define and grow in love, especially around Christmas time. And we're going to uh, bring it right back to what happened in, in the town of Bethlehem. But I just want to start by asking this question, especially at this time of year, and you know, there's uh, so much emotion, family, um, there's just this great sense of, of love, it should be, right? But I want to ask you the question, who taught you what love is? How did you learn about love? We know we need it, Right? It's universal. It's one of those things universal throughout all history, all cultures, all people. We need love more than we realize. And we know that we're supposed to give it, right? This is universal. 
But then this raises the question of what is it and how do I grow in it? And we take it for granted oftentimes thinking that we just know naturally the world would say we just just love. We need more love. All that is true. But the question is how do we love and how do we know what love is? Uh, we get together and with couples who are thinking about marriage. Is one of the first things that uh, Michelle and I talk about is, what is love? And it's amazing how oftentimes that question stumps people. Well, it's just love. Uh, and if you're going to come together in, in a, a union, right, that is going to be based on love, we kind of need to know what it is, don't we? And we know the source of love. And uh, so I I want to encourage us this morning, especially this Christmas season, about love. I'm going to give you five things that come right out of the verses that we're going to look at. I hope you'll take these, especially this season, and and take some time to really wrestle with, who's taught me what love is? How do I know how to love? And we're going to look at this morning is, I, I can't love unless I first know I am loved. And here's a huge problem, right? Today is that we're trying to love. We, and what we do is we project on other people and we ask for, expect from other people what they can't give. Something only God can inside our soul of what love is all about. No amount of science, no amount of intellect, no amount of knowledge is going to help us on this issue. This is one of these issues of love. We, as I said, we all know we need it. We want it. We need it. And we all um, know we need to give it. But what is it? What's the source of love? And do we actually have the ability to love? And how do I know that? And how do I know that it's really love? Or is it just what I feel, right, is, is love? Some of you might uh, remember the old country star Alan Jackson, um, a song way down yonder, on the Chattahoochee. Um, how many people know that song, by the way? Just one of them. Oh, right, good. I was just making sure I wasn't like way out in left field. Like, yeah, what is this redneck? He doesn't know anything. But uh, it's just one of these random things. It just hit me. I was thinking about this. You know, the last line of that chorus is, you know, I, I learned a lot about living and a little about love. Right? I learned a lot about living, but a little about love. And a little about love. And if you know the rest of the, the song and, and just growing up when you're young is, man, we, how we thought we were learning about love um, is at such a deficit, isn't it? Right? I mean, if you go on the song, it talks about, you know, being in the back seat of a truck. We won't go too in-depth on that, but I think you know what I'm talking about. And there's got to be something, love's got to be a deeper more profound thing than, than that, right? Um, and so the thing about love, folks, is that I can sit here and I can intellectually tell you what the Scripture tells you. And John here, writing to the church, he uh, gave, gave us, as we're going to see, some of the greatest language about what love is and how important it is. Um, but ultimately... And this comes down to who we are and, and if we're living with the radical reality that we are loved by our Creator, by God. And folks, that's what Christmas ultimately is all about. Put all the fanfare away. It's ultimately about when love came to town, 
the little town of Bethlehem, when heaven and earth merged and the love of God came, the greatest expression, the main expression, the very essence of love when God sent his only son to this earth to redeem us, to show that at the very essence, God is love himself. And we can go through, and, and we're going to look at some things about to help us chart this course, but I, I just want to say up front here is love is something that has to be experienced. It has to be experienced. It can't just stay here in the intellect. And here's one of the, the greatest problems today in the church, and again, I, I could give testimony after testimony in my own life, about learning about God. Lots of head knowledge about who God is. But if that head knowledge is not informed, as we're going to see by the power of the presence of God through the Holy Spirit, if there isn't an experience with Him, it remains a very dead faith. A very dead experience. And then we wander through life wondering. We never lay hold of the most joyful, profound experience, folks, in all of life and existence is to know that you are radically loved by God. And not not just because some preacher told you, not just because your mama told you, but because God has come, the cross, the resurrection of Jesus, the reality of God's love has come heavily upon your heart. And you know, love broke out and love broke in. And you know, and you're overwhelmed, right, with the love of God and And I want to just throw that out this Christmas season to you. Have you experienced the love of God? Has His love come over you? Or is it just remaining some kind of religion and some belief system? Has it moved, though, to experience where you know? And all the language of the Scripture is going to see, talking about abiding with God. And all this language, it is experientially deep language. And this is what John, who is the beloved disciple, who knew experientially what the love of Jesus, the love of God was all about, what he wanted to try to share, to encourage right the church, to realize if we're not experiencing the love of God, it is, uh, the, the command for us to love one another right here is going to be really hard. It will only be fleshly. And so let me just dive in this morning. I want to pray for us and then read this scripture. And I just hope that you'll, you'll open your heart, not just your mind, but your heart to the Word of God and to His amazing love for you. Um, what the scripture tells us, and I think what history tells us, is there's no more fundamental need that you have than I have, all these precious children have, than to know one primary thing. Not that mama and dad, I love them. That's important but that God loves them. That they have a Heavenly Father who loves them more than they could ever, ever, ever imagine. And when that takes hold inside a human soul, Jesus says, this is where abundant life begins. This is where the joy, this is where the fruit of the Spirit begins, right, to nurture, and a new creation begins to come alive. And all of health, all of mental health, any kind of of health on the inside, it is built upon this foundation of, do I know God loves me? If that has not been settled, if if I if I I don't know that, if I haven't experienced the love of God, guess what? I'm on a I'm on a search 
through the world and everything else to find that love. I might not be able to articulate it, but uh, I can't layer upon that anything. Right? I can, I can suck it up, and with my intellect and my, you know, my will, I can try to look good and 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 everything else. But ultimately, right? I think it was Augustine that says, "Our hearts, our souls are restless till they find rest in you, God." Until we've experienced that amazing love that God right has for us. So Father, we come now. And Lord, we need your spirit to move. Lord, would you bring your love. Let it break in this morning, God. Come and do what no preacher can do. No, no one can do. But only you can, Lord. To bring your word alive. The truth of your word. To overwhelm our soul with your amazing love for us, Father. Lord, let the Christmas story itself just come alive. And Lord, I just pray, as the Scripture talks about, just when your love does break out, is that people describe it as their hearts were burning with inside them. Holy Spirit, come and bring your word alive this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the word of God. 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. This is the, um, the Apostle John. He was the beloved disciple. He knew love more than uh, anyone else. He gave us uh, some of the greatest language about love. And uh, this is his writing to the group of churches, right, and the people um, throughout all of, uh, of Asia, minor. And this is what he says, starting in verse 7. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows love. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he's not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also 
love his brother. The word of God. Wow. There's a lot there. We could do a whole series just on those verses right there. But what I want to point out, folks, is how many of those words and language from John is experiential. Obviously, he's giving you truth. But he's trying to awaken in the people this idea it uses of knowing God. This is highly intimate language of knowing God personally. This isn't religion, just feeling like I'm checking off the boxes, going to religion. This is intimately knowing and having fellowship with God. Abiding, this remaining, continuing with God is hugely deep language that John uses, right? To, um, to wake the church up. Come on. Are you stepping into his love? Right? And holding on to that. And the connection between that and how we love each other. And the way of perfecting, growing in love inside us is abiding with God and loving one another. And those two are intimately connected, right? As we journey with God and with one another. And at the very essence of spiritual growth, folks, why we gather together is so that the love of God would be stirred up. That we would experience it more deeply, fall more in love with God vertically, and the result of that naturally, as he says, is, I, I, is going to be love towards one another. Um, and that working together is the dynamic of the church to be the light and the salt in the world, to show the world what love truly is. And it's going to be hard to do that if the church first doesn't learn how to love one another and be the family of God. Right, loving one another. Okay, so let's dive in here. Just uh, this um, morning, I have just a little time. I hope you'll take these and uh, maybe this season, just talk about this. If you're married, boy, dive into this as, as marriage enrichment for your marriage. Um, to, uh, uh, it's a tough thing. How do you define love? What is it? Most people feel like it's some kind of feeling. Right? Oh, sure, it comes with great feeling. But my feelings can radically mislead what love actually is, right? The question is, am I being informed by the Word of God or just my own feelings or worship by what the world says around me, right? So five things. Here we go. First thing is this. Love is from God because God is love, okay? And so these are just, I'm giving you four theological statements that come not just from these verses, but from the entire scripture. And they have to be worked together with, uh, to have a healthy definition and understanding of what love is. And then it sets us on a course right to grow, to seek God. To seek God is to seek and experience love. Because God is love. Now, culturally, we live in a place, right, that people talk about love. Well, what kind of love are they talking about? And folks, this is a wonderful um, exchange to talk with people about. If people start talking about love, is stop and say, tell me about that. How do you define love? What is love? And dive in on that. What are they talking about when they talk about love? Um, And I think for a lot of us, we've grown up, right, with um, a, a lot of truth again, but again, I ask you, who showed you what the love of God was? The church has done a good job of educating, right? Teaching, right? The truth, the theology, right? And you go to seminary, you learn the theology. But remember, when Jesus, he commanded his followers to go out and, 
And it wasn't just to transfer a bunch of head knowledge. It was to lead others to follow God, to follow Jesus, and to be overwhelmed with His love. When the Scripture says, go out and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that language is intimate language of immersing them in the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, right? And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It is to be experiential. If not, faith remains just intellectual. It won't carry us through the seasons of life. And we miss out on everything that is on God's heart. God wants a loving relationship with you. And that should be the most mind-blowing thing in all of the earth. And He's done everything for that to happen. It just takes faith. Receiving something that is given to us freely. And that is at the core of Christmas, folks. Um, Which is the next uh, point here, right? Is the greatest expression of love is God sending His Son to be the Savior of the world. Can you give me a greater... Can you give me anything greater? And I was just ask somebody that. What is the greatest expression of love you've ever seen or heard of? How would they answer? How would you answer? What's the greatest expression of love you've ever seen, right? Folks, there's nothing greater. That's the essence of, of, of Christmas. What we're celebrating here is, oh my goodness, joy to the world. Right? Heaven and earth have come, right? Have opened up is that we have a God who breathed all this into being, who created you in His image, right? He put all this into place. And He loves you. He's a loving God. This whole universe is wrapped up in love. Not some fate, not some cold darkness, not some evil. And love will conquer evil. We're going to talk about that in in just a minute. Grace expression of love. And folks, this is what we're to be about. And those who know Jesus and know God and know His love, is this is what we're to be talking about with people. Is, do you know this love? Let me tell you about the love of my Savior. Let me tell you how He met me where I'm at. Let me tell you about the forgiveness of sins. Let me tell you about setting me free. And folks, nothing, you can search all over the place for a thousand methods of getting freedom, of getting a healthy Nothing heals someone. Nothing heals someone like the power of God's love coming upon them. That is what everybody needs, ultimately. Fear and all these other things, they're they're just the result of a deficit of love. It's a deficit of love. Not human love, though God loves through us, that's important. But God needs to touch them. And I would just give you a, an encouragement this morning is, is, is don't live off somebody else's experience or love. If you haven't experienced the love of God, you must seek, ask, knock at the door. He's wanting to give. He's wanting to come to you. Don't just, just go off what somebody else has said. Is God wants a loving relationship with you. But it takes... A pursuit. It takes a coming to Him, right? For that. Now, uh, what's real important here is, is to understand, okay, well, well, then how do I love? And folks, this is deep water. I'm going to just take a little deep dive and we'll come right out of it, right? Just give you something to hold on to. How do you know when you're loving, you're really loving? 
When you think you're loving, when you feel like you're loving, how do you know that's really love? How do you know it's not corrupted by your own flesh, your own motives of really wanting something back? How do you know it's love? How do you know it's pure? Now here's, here's the deal. And just quickly theologically, go back to Genesis. And when Adam and Eve fell, and right, sin entered to the world, and, and remember the promise was to Adam and Eve, if you take of that tree of knowledge of fruit, of, of knowledge of good and evil, you will die. Now, they didn't physically die, but what died? Their spirit died. Their relationship with God died. They were cast from the presence of God. And so one way of looking at it is this, their ability to live in fellowship and love and experience the love of God, it was effaced. Something, there was a, a breach that took place there, right? To this holy, perfect God who desires so much to love with us. And we see in God's work throughout history, His redemptive work, His, his care and His love, He keeps pursuing us to the ultimate where He sends His only Son. This is the only way. The gap can be bridged between a people who are caught up in the flesh in the fall and everything that goes with that, and a holy, loving God, is Jesus bridged that gap. And that's out of the love of God, who loved us even while we were yet sinners. He demonstrated His love for us. And folks, if, that, there, if you can find better news anywhere, please, let me hear it. That's why it's called good news. There's no greater message, no more powerful, transformative message in all the universe, of all the philosophies, of all the religions. That's it. Nothing's greater. Nothing makes more sense of the longings of our heart and desire for family and community and all these things um, like the gospel as the full solution, right, for, for all of that. And so in the beginning, what happened, we're born in this world and, and the, our ability to love and receive love, it's been effaced but not erased. We're creating the image of God, the ability to receive love and give love. But at the fall, when sin came in and my flesh took over and the spirit that communicates with God was, was deadened, right? It needs redemption, right? Is that now my love is, there's this battle with my own flesh and desires. And folks, I don't have to tell you. We've all been in relationships, close relationships, where that love just ran in onto the rocks, didn't it? And when love and a relationship runs on the rocks, it's because guess what's involved? Flesh, sin, selfishness. And not love. Because God, and that's why when God ordained marriage, it's God created, God ordained in the very beginning. It's this covenant before God. A man and a woman, right, who make a covenant before God knowing that they don't have the ability to truly love each other like they need to unless they bring God. And this is why the admonition in Ephesians 5 to husbands is so profound. What does he say? Husbands, like Christ, loved the church. Now, how are you going to do that? It's, not, no, it's impossible. You can't learn enough Bible knowledge to, to, to help you. I can't go in there and, and with all of my education, love better just because I have all this knowledge of love and the Bible. Like Christ loved it. The only way for me to get a hold of that love is, is to know God, Jesus. And to know His love for me. And to let Him love through me. Right to someone else, um, and uh, we just had a, another uh, engagement. One of our, our kids, and, and what I've told uh, Jordan, our first son-in-law, and, and both Chad is, and when they did that awkward thing of coming and talking to me, right? Uh, which I personally love that, um, and uh, it's it's just really good. But one of the first thing out of the shoot that I say 
to them is, I need to know that you love Jesus more than my daughter. If you love Jesus and you pursue Him first and foremost, I don't have to worry about how you're going to love her. You stop loving Jesus. You stop loving the one who is love and who will show you to love and you're going to run into hard times because your flesh has no ability to love her wonderfully. Right? And, uh, and that's just a good wake-up call for myself, right? In, in, in talking about that. And I think coming into family with new family members coming on, it, it's an overwhelming thing like, hey, Lord, I have a responsibility to show, to lead the way in my marriage as well as helping them. What is love? What does this look like? And folks, it doesn't come to naturally, right? How it fleshed out is in the midst of community, loving one another, discipleship coming and, and learning from other people. This is how you love God. This is how you experience the love of God in the time of ministry. Nothing is more profound, folks, and, and again, we could go testimony after testimony than to be, and I hope you've had this experience, when you're able to share Jesus with somebody, when you're able to minister with, to someone, pray with them, and bring the love of God to them, and you see, it's a moment, it's a supernatural thing when the love of God just comes upon their heart. The tears come, the presence of God overshadows any intellectual, verbal counseling or anything else and that transcending moment where that person, God, is bringing His love to bear on that person's heart. That is awesome. And if you haven't experienced that, I just say to you, start asking Him. Start asking Him. And start getting with other people who says, I need, I need some disciples. I need to learn how to walk with God. I need to learn how to experience the love of God. Because, boy, I want to I want to start ministering to people like that, where God comes and partners in this situation, and you see the love of God just whew, shower right upon someone. And folks, that's what being saved, being redeemed is all about. Is I'm going to question anybody's. We, we, ever, all, we all should question if in that moment where we met Jesus, it wasn't an overwhelming sense of oh, how much God loves me. And this is deep in the soul, right? This is outside this surface life we live. It's deep in there, in the heart, right? When this, where this stuff happens, where Scripture says the Word of God is able to separate the soul and the spirit. It awakens this part of our being that we meet with God where we experience His love, His words, His kindness. We know we're walking with Him, right? In that arena. And so there's no greater expression, folks, of love in all the world. That is the prime example. This is what should be held high in Christmas. And again, I just say this is wonderful dialogue with people. Man, what do you think is the greatest expression of love in the world? How do you determine what love is? Let me tell you. Let me tell you about the Christmas story. Let me tell you about the one who loved me and has loved the world, right? And then you just partner with God. Lord, can you just please just... And for so many years, and I still struggle with it, you know, I like the intellectual engagement, but for so many years, it was like, God, I got this. I got this. I know the answer. I got this. And God says, okay. You handle it. And that doesn't go very well. And what I do, well, you forfeit this partnership with God through the power of the Spirit to come and to overwhelm people with His love and to accomplish in a second supernaturally what years and decades of working on something could never accomplish. Because all things are possible when the love of God comes to town. 
All things. Right? Third thing. To know love and grow in love is to know God. Right? To know love, what it is, and to grow in it, right? according to the scripture, he's talking about abiding with him and everything, it is, it is to know God. Right? There is no uh, other way to know love. Though the world has a thousand different ways it talks about love, but to know love and to grow in it is to know God. And so the reason that uh, I say this, just take God out of the picture. If people think, man, talk about love, love. Another great question that we have to ask ourselves first is, am I growing in love? Am I growing my understanding of what it is, and my expression of it, and my experience of it? And am I loving people more? And how do I know if I'm really loving people? Remember, the scripture says, love what? In spirit and truth. Love with the truth. Speak the truth in love, right? Um, and so this this all comes down to our knowledge of God. It's in the pursuit of Him, knowing Him more intimately, that ah, we grow in love. And we know what love is. We experience love. And so I think this is a huge spiritual formation question for all of us, and this is why we're inviting everybody to join in the journey of a smaller group of some kind of discipleship, right, to work on our soul, is, is this question, why am I growing in love? Am I growing in my knowledge of who God is? And who Jesus is? What He's done for me? And what this means for me when He promises abundant life? Right? Alright. Alright. Um, folks, this is so, so important. Again, this could be a whole other series. Just this one point. Okay, love can never be separated from God's other attributes. This is the biggest problem right now that's hitting many churches, right? Many are culturally, right? Is, man, you know, and let's just face it, this is a wrestle, isn't it? You go back and read your Old Testament. Go back and read in Joshua, the conquest. There's some graphic, ugly, dark, whoa, stuff going on there. And naturally, he's like, whoa, ah, that does not feel or sound like a loving God. So how do I blend his justice and his love, his sovereignty, and his love, his judgment, and his love, and his holiness, and his love. How do I, how do, I do that? And, and the answer for modern culture is we just take out. No, he's not that way. And there's whole movements, right, today. We talked last week about false teaching, right, that say, oh no, all that Old Testament stuff, man, that is, that is, that is not God. It's just all this lovey-dovey stuff, right, is what God is. And that is heresy. You're going to miss God every time. Because we love because He first loved us, we have to admit, I don't know what love is, God. I'm dependent on you. And the fact is, folks, is that God cannot radically love us. This could not be a, a God-saturated, love-saturated universe unless God is just and unless He is sovereign so that nothing can thwart His love. He's in control. Might not look like it. But he's got evil under his finger. He will bring judgment. He will make things right. That's the promise. Um, and they start with the cross, where the justice of God and the love of God perfectly came together. He, this word we just read, propitiated our sins. You know what that means? What Jesus did on the cross for you? Is he satisfied the just punishment I was due, you were due, because of my rejection of God. He covered it. You're free from all that. There is no more fear of judgment or condemnation, guilt, all that. It's wiped away by the blood of Jesus. That is 
unbelievable. At the core of every person's soul, nothing solves the guilt problem, the shame problem, right? The condemnation problem, the fear problem today. Like the cross of Christ. Again, I challenge you, find anything that deals 100% with bringing healing or wholeness and an answer to those deep, universal human experiences. Only the cross of Jesus. It's good news. It's glorious news, right? And so, folks, we can never separate His love from it. They work together. He is God. We are not. We love because He first loved us. And that love has to be in with His glory and His judgment, His justice, because He will make all things right again one day, right? So it's really important. Last thing. All right, folks, here it is, the Christmas again story. God's love, He loves us as we are. But His love never leaves us where we are. He loves us right where we are. God never says to anyone, well, you've got you to do some religious work first and then maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll let you in, you know, type of thing. That's not how grace works. God's love comes to you just as you are, just as I am. And folks, but His love, listen to me, it never is, is God doesn't plan to leave you there. As we read about, He expects His love to be perfected inside your soul. Grow! Have it expand inside us and inside the life of the church. So He loves us just as we are. And that's where grace comes in. You receive Him. Greatest gift offered, right? And every aspect of opening a present or the joy of seeing kids do that, built into all this is gospel stuff. No matter what the roots of it are, built into this whole thing is a loving God who's given the greatest gift ever to the world. And here's the catch. You can't do a thing to earn it. Not one. No amount of religion, folks. This is the other powerful thing because we are so, the flesh so wants to earn it. We so want to pump up. We got some value here. We got something to offer God. Nothing. It's by faith. It's like, Lord, this is amazing. I believe who you are. Jesus, I believe that that cross and your resurrection bring me that love, Lord. I believe it. By faith. And then the Holy Spirit comes in as we read. God gives it to us. Holy Spirit has the deposit of the rest of the inheritance for all eternity right? that He wants to pour out on His children. Right now, this is a love rescue. right? Getting the love of God, getting this message out to a world that desperately needs to hear right from Him. And so Derek, y'all come on up. Um, and... Uh, I just ask you this question, uh, this other thing's been, I think it's a song too, but you know, when love comes to town, everything changes. When love came to Bethlehem, this little town, the whole world changed, right? Even, even our, our calendar, you ever think about that? Every bit of time, right, B.C., and no matter what they call it now, it's still the same thing, it's based on the one and only's birth entered into this world. Right? Before that and then after that. Everything revolves around this event, folks, at Christmas time. And the joy is it's a loving thing, right? 
Have you ever experienced, I don't know what kind of home you grew up in, but um, could you give testimony of love breaking into your home? I've, I've shared our testament before, the day that love broke into our home. We thought we were religious, we thought we had it together, until we realized we didn't. We didn't know what love was. We didn't know who God was. Thought did. But man, when love broke in, man, life changed. It was, it was radical. You ever been in a church where love broke in? Where love broke out among the people? Folks, by the way, it's been so awesome the last few weeks hearing just different stories about how you're loving each other. It's awesome. Let's stay at it, right? But folks, what about in your own heart? Right, can you testify this Christmas 2022 that the love of God has broken into your heart? Um, there's no... I, I, I challenge you, is there any more important thing to know? Is there any more important thing for your life that defines how you're living today, the rest of your life, and into eternity than to know is God's love broken into your heart? Do you know Him? Do you know His love? And that's why we're here that's why the family of God is here, is to journey each other. Not to pass along a bunch of intellectual stuff. That's a piece of it, small piece. It's to be captivated by this amazing God who created you in His image because He wants a loving relationship with you. So Father, thank you for this morning, for this Christmas 2022, Lord, where we get to celebrate Your birth, Your, your love as it broke into this world, Father. Holy Spirit, right now I just pray that you'll come and do what only you can do. You know where every heart is. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd come now and push through the walls, push through the busyness, push through the distractions, Lord. Push through the guilt, Lord. Push through the religion, God. Push, push through the abuse, the bitterness. Let your love, Lord, just overwhelm our hearts and if anybody's here and doesn't know you God overwhelm them crash into their soul awaken faith in them Lord or for those of us who've walked with you for years Lord Lord renew us let's take a deep breath and Lord may you just renew us as children born again Lord to be your precious children who you love lay down our fears our worries we're in your arms God we're in your arms come now Lord love on us Lord that we might love on you in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.